0: Hello, this is Terry Angus, and you are listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Hello. Welcome to the Fulham Focus Podcast. This is J-Mac, your host, where we'll be previewing Luton and analysing Stoke shitty in every sense of the word. Less of a banquet and more of a shit-down meal of a match. So there we have it. Thank you very much to all those who wanted us to line up in the same style as the second half of Charlton. You absolutely smashed it with your crystal ball. Too bad it was a fussing disaster. What can we say? We wouldn't be Fulham without being bottom-of-the-table slayes. Shades of that Sunderland game have returned, who, funnily enough, also play in bloody red. How much more patient can we be? What can we do to improve before Luton? Don Love and Rhys Baldwin are here with me to talk all about it. See you on the other side of this. F.U.L. Fulham. All right, guys, so let's talk about Stoke. Uh, Well, I think the first thing that we need to talk about is obviously, as I alluded to in the intro, is the lineup. Mr. Don, I mean, this is a lineup that you were hoping for. I mean, uh, it didn't really pan out, did it?
1: Yes, I wanted to see three in the back, a little different than what Scotty did, though. He went with a three, four, one, two. I wanted it to be inverse three, one, four, two. The difference being, I wanted Harry Otter to be that holding, defending midfielder that, if needed, he could have like K-Mac or or yeah, like, could have fallen back in the old days and become a fourth defender, or would have been there to help break things up and divide cover. We didn't have that. Instead, we had everybody more up top. So say what you will. It is a, to me, key difference in how things were lined up. With that said, you know, after the first goal, we'll talk about that. You would think Scotty would have said, okay, not working and change things. So Scotty, that you're, that's on your own head. You, you didn't change things. You should have instantly said, this isn't working. Change formations, 4 3 one something different and started to have better coverage of the back four or the back defense so that's all I'm going to say that's all I'm going to say
0: no fair enough mate and look Mr. Reese what were your thoughts when you saw I mean Joe Bryan at left center back this seems to be the the really hot topic here I mean you know to expect him to become a fullback to center back transformer of the Kyle Walker variety for England was asking a bit too much don't you think
2: uh, possibly, I was quite excited when I first when I first saw the lineup because I thought, "Hang on, this this attacking formation that we saw against Charlton, we're going to see if we're going to see it from the outset." So I might be one of the people you allude you were alluding to with the with the crystal ball in regard in your in your intro in regards to that. But yeah, absolutely, I I agree with what Don said. Once it all started going terribly, then it really should have been on Scott Parker to to change thing to change things up. I'm not quite sure what that would have been. I can't really put my mind to it, but it certainly wasn't that, is probably the best way to put it.
0: Do you think we showed uh, Stoke a bit of a lack of respect with this lineup, Mr. Don? Uh, just just your thoughts on that, because, I mean, it can be argued that, you know, to sort of go for that sort of formation in a game where we were needing to, you know, win the game in the second half of charts and understandable, but to play away from home at Stoke with that sort of, it, it, just a, a tiny bit touch of arrogance from Scott Parker, do you think?
1: Uh, so my thing is this, you know, if you were online, you looked at all the message boards on Twitter. It's so funny how everybody just does a one eighty after one game or, you know, forgets what they posted and said in the past. I, I, I totally remember what I said. And my thing was, I wasn't disrespecting Stoke. I just figured, look, they're at the bottom of the table. Yeah. They won that one match. Okay. In the last minutes uh, against Swansea. It it wasn't like they were, oh my God, that whole game or anything. So why not go there and go for it? If, like I said, it doesn't work, that's when you got to have the tactical know-how. Okay, I got to change things up so I can fortify this and make things better. Mm. We didn't do that. So that's the only thing, again, I'm going to say, Scotty did wrong and was naive about. You, you, I will not blame him. I know everybody else does, and it's all over the message boards, everybody already calling for his head and everything like that. But I'm sorry. You know, it, it worked against Charleston. I know it was at home. I know we were going to Stoke. So what? I still think it was the right idea. At least try it. Uh, we've got enough attacking players that I do think it could work. Um, I think we ran into – You know, and I don't know what Reese's thoughts will be, but I do think we ran into the problem of international break, that that was a bad thing, bad timing for us. Uh, I can't help but wonder if that hadn't happened and we'd gone straight from Charlton to playing Stoke, if things had been completely different, same formation.
2: Sorry, um, personally, I think that the international break, in theory, should have helped us because Scott Parker would have got in with the plan of... Because I doubt it's something that he would have practiced straight away. Obviously, there would have been players away for international duty. Tim Ream was one of them. Mitrovic was one of them. I think that's it. I may be... I maybe be miss... Well, Johansson was there as well, but uh, he didn't play. But you'd think he'd have known going into Stoke right, this is what we're going to do. So he'd have spent those two, those two weeks, you know, drilling this into them, thinking, right, this worked. Uh, for you know, for a second and a half. Here's how we can make it work for a full game. Mm. So I think really it's up to you know. M- maybe you are right in the fact that it was the international break and the fact that Mitrovic and Tim Ream and Stephanie Hansen were missing. You know, th- those key players, so to speak. Uh, they didn't get they didn't get the full effect of it, if you will. But the rest of the players should have should have you know been able to pick up from where they left off. So I don't think the international break is a you know 100 an excuse. Uh, because we should have had the time to to um, to get this to get it drilled into them.
1: Okay, well, I'll, let me pick up on that then. So my thing, uh, uh, JMac, is this. Yeah, you had those two weeks. You could have been training. Well, I would have been talking with the boys and the lads that were there. Then I would have said, "Okay, Tim's not here. This is what I want to do. Tim, sorry, you're going to be on the bench. I'm going to bring a doy in. Okay, I'm going to put a doy on the right, Brian on the left, or even better yet, put MLM on the left. I guess then." And uh, put Brian up in front of him as as more of a, a winger. Back. Yeah. yeah, so I think that would have been a better plan. Sadly, you know, hindsight's yeah. always twenty twenty. Everybody wants to be the Monday night uh, uh, quarterback, you know, and, and say, "Here's what happened. And this is what i we should have done." Okay, mm-hmm. well, you know, we don't know what's going to happen unless we try. And That's I right. give I give credit for Scott for trying. Okay, again, my problem with the only what that game is. Scott did not change things up. Okay. And everybody, you know, I've even seen on, on the online. Oh, if this had been Slab's team, oh, he would have solved everything. We'd been rolling by now. Bullshit. Okay. And here's why. Slab always started slow. Every season he started slow. That's what got him canned in the premier league. Okay. So don't tell me, oh, he'd have been rolling and we'd have been all in the top two or Going for promotion right out of the gate. Bull crap. Brand new team again. He's got to get them together. He's got to get them under his wings and under have them understand everything. So get over yourself, everybody who's calling for slab to come back. A, that ain't gonna happen. And B, I don't think he'd have done any better.
0: Yeah. Well, God, I love it when Don it's like this isn't is great. But I mean, look, the thing I've got to say, I think you're right. I think Joe Bryan should have been more of a wing back and having MLM MLM. As a left center back would have made a lot more sense. I mean, I think maybe there is a possibility. This is just a little feeling that I have that Scott Parker is preparing a three at the back situation, maybe in case for Michael Hector when he comes along so he can fit all three of the best center backs he has into one type of system. Maybe, but I don't, maybe I'm completely wrong there. That could be something that he's at least thinking about in the future with January. But there's this tweet that I want to say because what Scott Parker is of in this game is not playing to the system, is playing to the players. And a tweet that I saw is, and I, this is from Lester no lest Wyatt at on Twitter. So take a bow. His quotes are absolute lunacy to deviate from the four three three, four, two, three, one against a team that who plays 422 like a manager who wants to shoehorn all his best players into the team instead of implementing a system and picking the round pegs in round holes so to speak today was shocking and that for me is exactly the situation we have because Bobby Dazzler Reed is being accommodated too much i don't think he should have been put in that lineup and i think it's now the time to actually do you think we just say he needs to be a substitute while Tom Kearney isn't injured and Cavalero isn't injured and Mitrovic isn't injured or tired, he should be on the bench. What are your thoughts on that, Mr. Rees?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. I think there is, um, you know, trying to shoehorn in Bobby Reid in a system that I don't think really works. I, we still... Does anyone really know what his best position is? Is it on his... Uh, up front on his own. Is that a number 10? Is it I can one? tell you.
0: I can tell you what his best position is because I went on to his stats. The season where he absolutely killed it for Bristol City, 38 games, he scored 18 goals and five assists. His position is attacking midfield so in a Tom Kearney number 10 role just behind the striker but he also played 10 games scored 2 goals and 3 assists as a centre forward his best positions are attacking midfield and centre forward he has played left midfield before and he has looked quite effective by it especially in that Reading game but while we have Cavalero and Noca it's just not going to happen so I just I feel like we've just Bobby Dazzo is a fantastic prospect but I feel we've scattergunned this again a little bit what do you think Mr Don?
1: I kind of agree and I kind of don't agree with that. So my thing is again, Bobby Reed in my mind has two distinct ways of that he should be played. Either one, uh he if Tom is hurt, he plays for Tom or he comes off the bench for Tom and plays yeah. the number ten. Or we play kind of more of an old fashioned four four two type of style and he's playing off the shoulder of Metro. I think he's an excellent supporting player and he could be excellent at playing off a of metro okay so i don't think we're uh trying to fit him in my problem was in the midfield in the in the four that scotty set up he was trying to fit in uh harry reed or harry alter with um mr reed harrison, reed, harrison yeah. reed that for me does not work and i think we've seen that in multiple games now so for me that is the you know putting a square Uh, pegs in the round holes that ain't going to work for me it's got to be uh steph joe in there somehow or again you play like a four two three one or something uh but you just don't have both of them on the pitch at the same time yeah it's got to be kind of something different completely different in my mind so for me that's that's a big problem
0: Personally, every time Steph, Joe, has started a game, I've felt more comfortable. And I think we've always performed slightly better. But that's just my opinion. Um, Harry Arter is going through a bit of a temper tantrum stage at the moment, Mr. Reese. Have you picked up on this at all? I mean, he's been... Unfortunately, it looks like he's injured. Um, we don't know how serious the injury is. It seems like Scott Parker was a bit worried. But he's he has this attitude problem at the moment. And he I, I'm worried that this is something that is quite... Very damaging to the to the feel of the team at the moment. What are your thoughts on that? He just seems like he's a bit of a loose cannon again.
2: Um, yeah, i I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about when he sort of shouts at Bettinelli during the first half. I'm assuming. Yeah, that's points the two fingers at him. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um I'm my gathering of that is that he's shouting on it. He's shouting at it basically for, for falling over twice because he falls over for the first goal, which we're going to talk, talk about in a minute. And then in the build up too, I think when they got a corner somewhere, he slips over again. So I think that's him basically saying you've slipped over twice. Don't make it happen again. That's my interpretation of it, but we don't know what he's actually saying. And you say that he's getting all oh, shouting everything. Are we, is, are we not maybe conflating this with maybe as a potential leader? Because isn't this what you want your someone to do? You know, whilst Tom Kenny is the captain, don't you want 11 leaders out there? And isn't he trying to show his, you know, leadership and captaincy capabilities by just, you know, marshalling the troops? I mean, it may appear shouty, but again, if he's just, you know, telling him, don't make sure that doesn't happen again... Mm. Then I think I think I think that's personal. I think that's uh, a captaincy tendency, personally. Too many leagues.
0: Well, let's talk. About, I mean, you know, let's, let's go on to Betanelli really quickly. Um, as you can see, Jack Butland for Stoke has had a mare recently, so they brought on Federici for him. And you know, it shows what you can do when your goalkeeper's having a stinker. Because Federici actually was very good. He made some top saves from us. But you know, Bet slipped over twice in this game, and I don't want this to become the Bet bashing show once again. You know, but you know he just seems like he is an error waiting to happen all the time at the moment. I know the first goal, there was hardly any defense, even though, you know, and, and he gifted the 80 minute eighty minute penalty. You know, I just feel like, don't, I mean, I'm not suggesting that. Do you reckon Rodak is getting closer and closer to coming in?
1: I, I can't blame bets for either of those goals. Fair um, enough. And, and here, here's why. Yeah. Maybe he could have stopped the first goal, but I mean, that guy, the, the Soaks player, It was a great Route 1 football. Uh, You had it come straight from out of uh, their goalie to the midfield. The midfield lobbed it in, gets picked up. Tim Ream gets, you know, wrong side-footed, beat, bam, goals in. Okay, so it was a good goal. You can't take that away from the Stoke player. The second goal, again – ream and everybody I, I actually on this was it the second goal that everybody was like on the right hand side or the left hand side there was nobody on the, mm. the right so, hand side whatsoever yeah. yeah so you know again a ball's played in nobody's there to help because you know tim this, tim Reem playing the center back at the time is beaten out and found out a position again this is where i can't help but think if we'd have had like the one player, a holding player that could have dropped back in to help cover that was there, whether it was K-Mac, Harry Reid, I know k injured, but uh, somebody there to help, then I don't think Betts would have been finding himself in that position where he would have had to try and make you know, a stop and clip the player. So I'm not blaming Betts for that goal. And I think if people are be- blaming Betts for their, either of those goals, I think you're kind of crazy. It, uh, that had to do more with the back four and the setup. Sorry, it, it had nothing to do with Betts.
2: The first goal I wanna s want to say I don't I don't think it was his fault. He was left out to dry by Tim Ream, who got beaten by yeah, you know, as you say, fantastic you know, say fantastic group one football, I'm gonna get killed from the <laughs> full tiki taka crowd. But he just got he's got outdone there. For the second one, yes, you can blame the defense for basically drifting over, no one tracking the runner, but that was an incredibly naive rush to the rush of blood to the head by Beton He did not need to dive in.
1: In that yeah. way, Lack to of try composure. to try
2: and get the ball, yeah, bit of composure as you said, J Mac. Um, maybe could have stood on his feet feet a bit longer. Could have uh, stepped back a couple of paces uh, to take the anger away. I don't want. Yes, he could have done better. In fact, if if we want to go back, he could have done better for the first goal. So I think he slipped over, as we touched on, as we touched on with uh, with the Harry Arta debate. So maybe he just should have a longer pair of studs, personally. Mm. So maybe it's his boots fall rather than his, rather than his goal, but. I will say, back to your point, J-Mac, I do think it is getting very, very close Mm. to either Rodak or some other option. Dare I say, Fabry. If you want to say that
1: that Betts should have kept his composure, then the only thing you can say there is, yes, he should have, instead of laying out flat sliding like he did, uh, he should have just come out and make himself big. Just sitting there waiting for the person to come at him, though, is not an option. And anybody says that, oh, he's got to sit back and he's got to wait, you know, keep your composure. No, he has to no, come no, out not, and, not, and make himself st- at least big.
2: Yeah, not sit back and take, not stay on the line. Otherwise, it's a play blame one on one. I just say so, a, a mix between the two. Now, you yeah. say make yourself big, but don't stand on the line waiting for someone to come at you. But at the same time, don't go diving in like that.
0: Fair enough. And look, going back to what you said with February, I feel like February's on loan for Mallorca, so we'd have to recall him back if we actually wanted him. So, I mean, you both said how it's just classic Route 1 football for their opening goal. And, you know, if there was ever an advert needed to show off what the championship is like, my God, it was that. But it's just all down to that formation, isn't it? I mean, Joe Bryan getting just swerved past. It just isn't a left centre back. But the other, like you said, Don, the, the other Defenders had a bit of a problem. I mean, Mawson and Reem just didn't look on their game. Do you think Reem's having problems after that Canada game? He's gone back to his old, slightly dodgy ways.
1: I, I actually, I think there are a couple of different things that are wrong with, with the team. And it's not just the formation. Go on. Number one, in that game, especially, we just looked lackluster. You know, we just did not look like we had any gas in the tank that we knew what we were doing. You know, it just didn't look we,
0: like we were going to score again, did it? It didn't no, look like we it, were going to come back. It looked back like now. we
1: were, we were kind of lost on the field. So, for me, a couple of things again, Scotty's got to get these guys rejuvenated and get get the fire in their bellies, okay? And for me, and I keep saying this over and over, you can play pretty football, you know tippy tap all you want, but unless the end product is there, something's wrong. Okay. And if you look at our stats continuously, we are 70, 80% possession
0: every week. Yeah.
1: I don't know. 10, 12 shots on target by the end of the match and zero to maybe two goals. Okay. Well, something's wrong there. If we're getting that many shots off and they're on target we've got to finish those and get those in somehow. Okay. And that's where Stoke just got us. They had, what did they have? uh, 20% tops, 15% tops possession. And if you stop and think about that, maybe out of that percentage, I'll bet you five, 10% maybe tops was in our final third. Mm.
0: So yeah, tw- 22.1% possession. Their conversion Stokes, rate in that game nine.
1: to get two goals was awesome. If you yeah. think about Clinical the amount of time hell. they had on the ball, versus the amount of time we had, you know, we just, we're not getting that, that ball in the back of the net. So mm. we've got to start changing things up. And my first thing I want to change up is intensity. I really, really want one, two quick passing. No more just sitting in the back and we keep passing it square waiting for something to happen, okay? Take a chance. Do something. I loved when Tom – there was one point where both Tom and Brian took a chance, and I want to see more of that. Brian, I think, just barely – I really thought actually the keeper tipped it over the bar, but Brian just barely missed the top 90 uh, uh, corner. And Mm. then the other one was uh, Tom turned, quick shot, it got deflected, went wide uh, to the left. I want to see that kind of stuff more often. If we don't start seeing more of that, we're not going to have many more chances in the box or, or scores or goals and stuff like that. So got to start changing. Shots are outside them. the
2: area. That's Exactly. More Thunderbolts.
1: Yes. Cavalero. Yes. Yes. Right. Exactly. Well,
0: that's interesting. That's interesting. I mean, Reese, you know, we have got the best squad in the league. I know everyone says it. It's a bit of a clear, but we definitely 100% do. What would you do to change things? Because I'm starting to think it's not actually the attackers. It's something going on in the middle. We do not have the same beautiful feng shui sort of movement that we had between K-Mac, Johansson and Kenny. There is just something that needs to be worked on there. And I think that's where the problem lies. What are your thoughts?
2: Um, well, personally, I, I disagree with you with the best squad in, in, in the league. I think we've discussed this on the WhatsApp group. I, pers- I personally think it's Leeds and they're going to show with the season. But in regards in regards to the midfield, yeah, there's just doesn't seem to be any cohesion, because I don't, because there's because there's no cohesion from the players. With you know, Stephanie Hansen's in and out the side. Harry Arter's in and out the side. Harrison Reid is in and out the side. The only consistency is Tom Kearney. Yes, so it's a tip, go back to the Championship promotion season. It was K Mac holding Stephanie Hansen in the middle. Tom Kearney slightly further up. We knew what that was. Can you honestly say, going on going in on a week to week basis, you know what the Fulham midfield is going to be? Yeah. You can't, really. You know, bar- barring injuries, of course. So the fact that we don't have any any consistency in the midfield in terms of team selection, that's what's holding us back. Once we get a consistent team together, then things are gonna then things are gonna start looking a little bit better.
0: Well, I mean look the highlights of the second half, you know, there was a long shot chance from Harry Arthur after a free kick, almost went, you know, just went wide. Cavaliero had a near miss. Bobby Howler, obviously just Bobby Dazzler Reed just completely misses another shot. Fucking surprise. Brian hits the crossbar and Kearney assisted Mitchell with a header and the header as well saved near the end of the game. I guess what I'm basically asking is, you know, there were signs of a very inexperienced manager on Saturday. It was a tactically awful day for Scott Parker, and there are so many excuses we can basically give to him by saying, Oh, well, it's not his fault, he's missing the chances. But we constantly have all this possession and zero chances. I mean, we cannot get to this point by December and still. Have this. So I'm just interested, Don, what are your thoughts on Scott Parker's potential future? And I've got to be careful of this because Frenchie said, don't go on about Scott Parker in this pod too much. But, you know, we have to at least humor the idea.
1: Uh, my thing is, I don't like how modern football is. And modern football is if you don't have instant results within, you know, the first four, five, six matches. All of a sudden, everybody's talking about chopping your head off and you're sacked. So I always feel like everybody just pulls the trigger so fast. It's not funny when it comes to managers. What I do not want to see, and hopefully the cons have learned this, is Luton. we happen to win and he gets sacked. And then we put in, I don't know, somebody as a caretaker and we sit around for months waiting for them to figure out what they're going to do next. Okay. Mm no more, please no more. If you're going to sack somebody, make sure that it's not until you have a plan A in place and a plan B ready to roll if plan A doesn't work. So I personally, I think Stoke was a bump in the road and I'll bet you I could see us actually turning things around and us going on another run of, you know, not losing, winning, drawing, you know, because I think Scotty hopefully has learned his lesson and, he will, you know, start realizing, okay, I gotta start pulling the trigger quicker and doing things different. So I think he's still got a while. Who knows? I can tell you his job has just got a little bit safer because as we record
2: at quarter to nine in the evening, Gary Rowitz has gone to Millwall.
1: Oh,
0: really?
2: Actually, that suits to a T. So that has made his job just a little bit safer. Yeah. There's one less
1: threat out. What there. about what, what is his name? Chris, um, Chris, Houghton. Chris, yeah. yeah,
0: look, we're not going to go for Chris Hugh. I mean, like I think the cans would only go for Chris Hutton if things were, I mean, hiring Chris Houghton now would be the same sort of situation as Ranieri, not because our defense is terrible, but because it is such a different change in style that we could really struggle. But then again, the arguments are again for Houghton is that, you know, he has worked with certain players, Anthony Notcart, that actually got him promoted from Brian. So who knows? Who knows? Um, Reese, you know, terrible day for Scott Parker. I'm sure he will learn. Uh, what are your thoughts about him? I mean, we all need to get a grip, don't we, really?
2: Yeah, I I more or less echo what Don said, because uh, no, unless there is a coherent plan in place, and you know, as Don says, a plan A and a plan B, then we shouldn't be changing it. I don't want to be Parker out just because, you know, for the sake of it, or for the sake of one game, I want the... Give him time. I know um, MJG, our former colleague who does fantastic work on Twitter, said he basically wanted a result or to uh, find out where we were after the Birmingham game, which is the game before the next international break, which I think is fair. Once we uh, start November, right, then let's assess. Because let's remember, let's remember that Scott Parker, this is still, what, six months, seven months in the manager's yeah. job. So he's still relatively, he's still learning on the spot what? I still do have my reservations on whether or not we should have got him in the first place, but no, that's not for now. Um, so yeah, I don't want to be too antsy on Scott Parker just yet.
0: That's fine. I, I just got to say, when people say, so like, oh, I didn't ask for Scott Parker, which a lot of fans tend to say, it's like, well, you never ask for any manager. You get what you're given. So I mean, whenever, is it, whenever has it been a democracy for what manager you want, it's not sort of like a ballot paper that comes out to every Fulham fan. It's like, which manager would you like? You know, it's when people say that, it really my gears for some reason but yeah with parker i think he does need time i think he will certainly be given time however it is a very odd season to give a manager a project and time when he's got all these loans that he needs to keep for us to get you know promoted so you know it, it's sort of like a, it's a it's a it's a bit of a paradox because he is going to be given time he is developing a system and a project here but at the same time <laughs> if if we don't get promoted he like we'll lose all the players and i think the the Karns will do something rash again anyway th- that's just my thought don what would you give parker out of 10 for this uh this complete pot of shit
1: so i'm not doing bomb basement rating on him i'm going to give him down the middle 5 i give him a 5 uh-huh. because i'm sorry uh, he he tried a uh, a formation i give him uh credit for having the the guts and the you know the courage to do that where he messed up again for the hundredth time, what I say is he needed to change things and he needed to change things very quickly once the first goal happened. So for that reason, I give him a five.
0: All right, and for you, Mister Reese.
2: Uh, similar sort of lines, but at the same time, I don't care how you know it's it's a diff it's a difficult league. Anyone can beat anybody. The fact that Stoke were bottom of the league and have conceded the most goals this season, and we couldn't even get one. He gets a four for me.
0: Yeah, I think, um, I think I'll, I'll go lower. I'm just going to give him a three for this one. But I believe he will learn from this, and I believe we, will, we should be fine for Luton. But we'll talk about that after this. Fulham. Okay, so Luton, guys, um, under the lights, Wednesday evening. I think I'm going. How would you line up? I mean, I imagine back to 4-3-3 for this one, Mr. Reese. I mean, it's got to be after that shambles
2: yeah you again you would hope, but then again ev- now everyone's going to be calling for a four three three, just like we were all calling for the three five two five whatever you want to call it, so mm. maybe not the best to sort of start demanding formations right now, but yes back to back to what we know um uh, still maintaining an attacking sense in in a way because Luton you know are oh, there they're 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 a decent side, but they're well, they still just beat there to be Bristol shot. City three 0 Exactly. So they're, so they're not so they're no bums in that sense. But yeah, absolutely. We have to maintain some level of, of attacking philosophy in that. But go back to 433. 3, stick with what we know.
0: 433. 3. Okay, cool. And any, any certain position you'd like to see uh, tinkered slightly there, Don? Because I know you always like to sort of potentially. I mean, Harry Arta won't be around. I think. Did you say potentially your might be still injured? I think you said in the group. So right? I
1: read that on one of the message boards. They said uh, the person did not want to tell who he got the information from, that Steph Joe has some type of knock and he could potentially be out for four weeks. So right. I, I really am knocking on wood here and really hoping that's not true because I do think, uh, at least this season, he is really proving that he is a key part of that center uh, midfield, both attacking and you know, def- defensive-wise. So mm. Mm. my thing, if, if we're going to tinker with something – and it's not really tinkering um my thing is you know we we're playing uh, Ivan on the on the left and we're playing Knockhard on the right well if we're going to do that if you've been watching how they play and if you've looked at their historical uh way they've played i want to reverse them you know that they they should be completely different you know with Knockhard on the right or I mean on the left and Ivan on the on the right cuz if we want to see more of those goals that Ivan did for us, you know, in the the game that not that long ago, we want to get him back on the right hand side, and I think it'll it'll help Joe Bryan. Actually, I think has done very well partnering up down that side with Noart. So that's my big thing.
0: I think that's I think I think that's exactly. Right. I mean, I'm so glad you said this because I've got some stats. Well, up. and, for, and um... if
1: Ivan gets dropped, or I'm sorry, not Ivan, but if if you want to drop somebody, I'm I'm sorry, I still think bobby has got a lot going for him put him on the left hand side and knock you know can sit on the bench but those are really my only two kind of changes i still like uh harry Arter back sitting back there and helping to clean things up i think he just gives a hundred percent on the field when he's done you know he just he looks just spent and and he just is ready to fall down so Mm, i I, i still i still keep with him i'm sorry no, that's fine. But I
0: think Harriata might be injured. So, in which case, you might have Tom Candy, yeah, Harrison Reed, and maybe Josh Onimer in this side for this, uh, this one. Yeah. On the I don't know. But the thing is, I'm glad you mentioned Cavallero and switching sides because this is something that I really want to see. Just because I feel like we just need more service for Mitro and more crosses. And with Cavallero's stats for the season that walls went up, he was predominantly in his most favorite position. He played 38 games out of the 46 on the right-hand side as a right winger he scored eight goals and made nine assists that is where his best position lies so i would like to see personally cavallo swapping at some point just so we can see if there is any difference there and if we look like a completely different beast altogether and who knows i mean i'd be willing to see if bobby reed could actually go down the left-hand side beside of him but if knockout can do that that's great too but i just i would like to see the switch that you mentioned because i think it would really potentially benefit us and L- Luton aren't going to be just sort of sitting back they're going to be feeling quite in good spirit after their after that game so I think they're really gonna really gonna give it to us um Reece, do you know what my favorite part of New York is
2: uh I feel a bad pun is coming on so I'm gonna say no
0: Staten Island so now we're going to do some stats. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> so uh, so here we go. Um, I'm going to just read some stats from Mr. Matt Arter. Here we go. So Fulham have won three of the last eight fixtures and have lost the other two with three draws. The last meeting was way back in 1999 in the FA Cup. The first match was a 2-2 draw at the cottage with Fulham winning the replay at Luton. The last home league game was back in 1998 in Old Division 2, which Fulham lost 2-1. And, you know, the, the recent former players for both clubs, you've got Ryan Tunnicliffe, who's there now. Uh, You've got Alfie Mawson, who was there, David Button, Paul Peskisi leader, and Corley Woodrow. But what I want to ask is, uh, Don, is there anyone from this side that sort of screams out to you that we should watch out for in this game? Similar to sort of Gregory in the last game, who really did us in.
1: Well, you know, two two players for me. Obviously James Collins, uh, he's our leading scorer. Currently five goals for him. You know, I think we could easily handle him as long as everybody realizes he's pretty much right footed. So, you know, we just got to keep him off his favorite foot. The other person, you know, we have a connection with, you know, Ryan Tunnicliffe. Uh, That's the one. You know, I mean, he's not been doing bad. Uh, I think he's leading the way for their possession stats, uh, you know, and has the best picking out of passes and stuff like that. So those are probably the two I'd kind of keep an eye on and want to make sure that I could kind of keep out of the game as much as possible. Again, this is where we're. If uh, Steph Joe's not in the game, we're going to miss him because I'd be telling Steph Joe, hey, a little niggly on that one, okay?
0: And, and Reese, what, what are your thoughts? What screams out to you from the Luton squad or potentially some stats that have uh, been given to us by the wonderful Matthew Arter?
2: My word, a Stephanie Hansen versus Ryan Turncliffe midfield battle. That would be a sight to see.
0: That, now
2: That's worth the interest of money. Uh, personally, basically, because of what we were uh basically because of our struggles against Stoke, um, it's whether or not we can pick ourselves up in the attacking phase. So I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say the defenders, uh Sonny Bradley and Matty Pearson, personally, I think there's a there's a very good partnership in there. They play together for the majority of their time in League One. Obviously a league winning uh a, a league title winning duo as we talked about earlier with sort of cohesion and the field. It can sort of play play into uh, the, the psyche there. Um, but mainly Sonny Bradley because I saw him when he was uh, playing for Aldershot Town many, many years ago. And I said I said that he was going to be one of these players for the future, could easily uh, make his way up the leagues. He's a very, very good defender, should be an interesting battle between him and Mitrovic, certainly.
0: All right. And they they're currently in sixteenth. They've played twelve, won four, drawn two, lost six, scored eighteen, conceded twenty. Huh. You know, the average possession per game is 50%. So at least, you know, we'll win that. That'll be a good sort of moral victory for us. But uh, what can I say other than that? You know, 54% of their shots have come from within the 18-yard box. I think it it will be quite a close game. I've got a feeling it's going to be quite a surprise. But I have every faith we can actually, you know, get the three points here. And if we don't, you know, well, we'll see what happens. All right, and with that said, uh, score predictions, guys. I think it's going to be quite close, uh, too close for my liking. Don, I'll go to you first.
1: I'm going to say 2-1. You know, okay. They seem to score and concede the goals, so 2-1. Two, 2-1. One.
0: Two, one. All right, and for you, Mr.
2: Reese, uh, 3-1 for me personally. I think it's going to be tight to start with, but then eventually you know, class will show uh, will show through and we'll start to, start to run, run away with it a little bit more, so I'm going to say a 3-1.
0: All right, I'm going to say 3-2. I think it's going to be cagey, and I think it's going to be fun, and I think we're going to win, hopefully. And, you know, just hopefully we won't have any more Ghosts of Nathan Jones clubs coming to haunt us. All right, guys, thank you very much. Thank you to my lovely co host Thank you to all listening. If you like what you hear, please tell your friends about us. We are on Spotify. We are on uh, Apple iTunes. We're on Twitter. We're on all the social media outlets. Please give us a tweet, and if you like us, just keep telling people about it. But for now, stay safe, and see you in a few days. Fulham